I think you'll agree, Liz, it's generally a, quite a pleasure to work in audio. I, I enjoy it. I do. Yes, Rika. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Except during cold and flu season, which, hooray, we're entering right now. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is there something I don't know about how working in audio makes flus even worse? Yes. Because basically studios like the one that we're in right now yeah. are like machines for germ transmission. Uh-huh. How okay. many, I ask you, of our fellow Wondery hosts have used these microphones over the last few days, Liz. Oh, yeah. Breathing their potential illnesses all over them. These are Petri dishes <laughs> hovering like an inch away from our mouths. Wow, now I want to recoil in horror from the mic. Mm. But I can't because it's my job to stay right here where I am, to put my face right up next to it and keep talking. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I used to work on a daily news show. So on top of it, there'd be all these hard-driving reporter types who would refuse to ever take a day off even if they were coughing their lungs out because they'd miss a scoop or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, please go home and take care of yourself. You're not helping anyone here. <laughs> yes. Newsflash news reporters, we get sick days here. Right. From Wondery, this is Safe for Work. Job stress, life relief. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm Rico Galliano. Today on Safe for Work, we're going to talk about dealing with illnesses in the workplace, which oftentimes is not as simple as suggesting your coworker just takes a day off with some NyQuil. Yeah, some of the more serious ones. Then we'll help a listener who can't seem to get along with her coworker, who might be about to become her supervisor. Eek. And we will play some Mind the Gap, help some more listeners. All of that here on Safe for Work. Stick around. The experience of driving a luxury vehicle wasn't limited to just inside your car, but extended out into the world around you. Introducing the well-connected 2019 Lincoln MKC with a suite of social tech capability that connects the world inside to the world outside. With Amazon Alexa, enabled with Sync 3 AppLink, you have access to all the skills and services you get on your Echo. Alexa's activated by the sound of your voice. Hey Alexa, what's the weather like tomorrow? Currently, it's 46 And responds using your car's speakers. With the Waze integration that appears right on the nav screen, you'll transform traffic jam streets into clear roads. Got a load of friends? Keep them connected with a 4G LTE Wi-Fi hotspot that allows up to 10 devices to connect at once with Lincoln Connect. With the 2019 Lincoln MKC, life gets a little easier. From the moment you leave home to the moment you return. Hey Alexa, open my garage door. Okay. Available via iPhone with Sync 3 with software version 3.0. Commands may vary by phone and AppLink software. Don't drive while distracted. Use voice operated systems when possible. Don't use handheld devices while driving. iPhone is a trademark of Apple Inc. registered in the US and other countries. The 2019 Lincoln MKC. Learn more at lincoln.com slash wondery. That's lincoln.com slash W-O-N-D-E-R-Y. Rico, you know, one really difficult subject to communicate about in the workplace is illnesses and disabilities. Really a tough one. We got this letter from listener Eileen, who's looking for help in having a difficult and delicate conversation with her boss and colleagues. Here's the letter. Liz and Rico, a few years ago, I was diagnosed with an illness that sometimes affects my ability to perform my job at peak level. 
It's MS. This illness is not visible, so I'm often self-conscious that people just think I'm being bad at my job. I get tired later in the day. Sometimes I'm not able to process information quickly, and I miss some days for doctor's appointments. However, I don't really want to go around telling everyone what's going on because it's something I'm still learning to deal with. So my questions are, do I need to tell my boss or my coworkers about my illness? And do you recommend that I do? Also, if I do tell people, how do I say it so people don't start taking work responsibilities away from me? Or if I don't tell anyone, do I risk just being let go? So a lot of questions. A lot Hard of questions. Yeah. We enlisted the help of an expert for this one, and we invited Dr. Elizabeth Lombardo to join us once again. Dr. Lombardo is a licensed practicing psychologist with a Ph.D. in psychology and a master's degree in physical therapy. Welcome back, Dr. Lombardo. Thanks for having me. So let us start with the fundamental question. Does Eileen need to disclose her condition to her boss? Well, I think it's a good idea to disclose it. I certainly empathize that she's still struggling with coming to terms with her, herself. But from the outsider's point of view, it's really important that at least her boss has an understanding, a global understanding of what's going on. Yeah, I can understand why she would be so afraid to do this. So what's the best way to conduct this conversation? It's so personal and private, but like, how do you even begin this conversation? Well, the first thing is to really uh, be more comfortable with it yourself. So when you're comfortable with the diagnosis yourself, it's easier to have that conversation. And then when you're ready to have the conversation, schedule some time with your boss that is going to be uninterrupted. So no stress, the time when you can close the door and just have a one-on-one conversation. And then present, here's the deal. I've been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and give a little bit of information about it. You know, one of the issues with multiple sclerosis is people don't understand it. And it is, as she said, it is such a very disease, how it presents itself. So one day you may be fully functioning and another day not as well as how it progresses. For some people, it's a one-time flare. For other people, it's a chronic progressive illness. So kind of explaining just really briefly what MS is and how it impacts her. Sometimes I feel uh, too tired because of the disease to work. Um, Just short and sweet, and then be quiet and see if your boss has any questions. And then Go for your ask. So you want to have that ask before you come in. If it's, I would like to have more flexible work hours, present that to your boss. If it is, I'd like to be able to work from home, you know, whatever it is, have that specific ask. And then also keep the conversation open so that you both can continue to talk when things come up. Okay. Now, I'm imagining the supervisor across the desk hearing this. What, from the supervisor's point of view, should they be doing in this conversation? On the one hand, I want to know how this person thinks it will affect their performance because it's my job to manage this person. But on the other hand, I don't want to pry into super personal medical issues. So what do you do here? Excellent. Yeah. So the first thing you want to do is empathize because this is, I mean, it's a really tough illness. It's a really tough thing to be struggling with. So providing empathy to your team member is going to be a great first step. And then you can ask kind of an open-ended question. So what does that look like? Or what does that mean? Or how can I best support you? And then put it back on that individual to really... 
um, talk more about what's going on. And that way you know what she feels comfortable bringing up as opposed to prying with specific questions. Okay. Yeah, you know, this whole issue of invisible illnesses is really interesting. We've mm-hmm. been thinking about it since we got this letter. You really don't know who in your workplace is suffering from conditions like MS or chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia or like even depression. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. is there a solution here? I mean, people have a right to privacy, but, you know, under some circumstances, people might just assume you're not going to be good at your job. So I understand why you want to, like, not share this around too much. I mean, for the individual with the invisible illness, it's it's a fine line. I think it's good to at least let a supervisor know what's going on. If you're an, a team member and you're watching someone who's really not performing up to maybe the way that they used to, you can go up to them and say, hey, you know, I noticed um, some things, you're struggling with some things, or you had difficulty getting this in, or, or whatever the specific example was, and then just put out there, how can I support you? You don't have to ask questions. You don't have to say what's going on, but you can just let them know that you notice this and you'd like to be there to support them. So if you share this with your colleagues or even with your boss, okay, now we have this information. Do you have any do's and don'ts about like how we can communicate uh, with this person who shared this with us, like just the totally wrong things to say and <laughs> the more constructive things to say? Yes, I do. And I'll tell you, as a psychologist and physical therapist, I have had countless clients who have these invisible illnesses come up to me and say the absolute worst thing someone could say is, you don't look sick. And that's interesting because a lot of people might say, hey, you don't look sick, thinking that's a nice thing to say, this person looks good. But the person with the invisible illness tends to interpret that as, you're making this up. You're full of it. Oh, right. Because you're saying it as an encouragement, right? Right. So a great example of a positive underlying motivation that you want to help this person feel better about themselves. But that phrase for people with invisible illnesses tends to cut right to their core okay. and feel almost like a victimization. Like you're you're telling me I'm not really sick. Right. So the solution? The solution is saying something like, you know, from the outside, you look like you're doing great. I'm wondering how you're really doing. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of give them that positive, hey, you look good, but I, I realize you may not be feeling all that good. And so you, and again, it's short and it's sweet. It's not a prying question. I'm, I'm trying to come up with everything that I've ever said. <laughs> I know. You're regretting situations. it now. Yes. A, yes uh, in a previous conversation with you, Dr. Lombardo, we learned that I'm a regretter. <laughs> so I am trying to think if I've done something terribly wrong. But another thing I, you know, you say to empathize. So I think another instinct one has is to say, like, I can't even imagine what that must be like. But on the other hand, you don't want to make it seem like it's so dire and horrible that it's unimaginable or something. Is that, is that an okay thing to say? though? That's a better thing to say than I know exactly how you feel. Ah, right. For some reason, people like to share, oh, I know exactly how you feel. My friend had this, or I stubbed my toe yesterday, or, you know, and then they start throwing in their own personal issues. Mm -hmm. You don't know how this person's feeling. But saying, wow, I can't even imagine what that's like. And then just be quiet. The best thing is to offer support and an ear and keep that mouth closed. Right. Okay. You know, another issue I've had with people who are ill in the workplace is how often I should inquire about how uh. they're feeling. You know, it's like you say that once or twice, but do I, I probably shouldn't say it every time I see them, but I don't want to ignore the fact that they're dealing with this. That's, I have that same issue with friends, even outside of the workplace. I'm so, nodding ferociously. Yeah. The elephant is always in the room. Yeah. How often do you acknowledge it? 
So, you know, it's individual. And if you have that concern, you can say, hey, here's the deal. I'm thinking about you all the time, but I don't want to, you know, be pestering you. So please know that I'm here to support you. If you have a close relationship with them, you can ask, how often would you like me to reach out and ask how you're doing? Or will you agree with me that if you need me, you will let me know? So depending on how close you are with this person, you can just let them know that this is where you are in your mind. It seems so straightforward, but thank you very much for putting it on all of our minds. Yeah. Dr. Elizabeth Lombardo, thanks for speaking to us. Thank you. And hey, listeners, if you have an experience with a similar situation as Eileen, we want to talk to you. Please email us at safe at wondery.com. So, Liz, I continue to be unhealthily into my Bomba sock. It's no shame in that. I, Me too. I mean, really, though, because I end up talking about these socks. Okay. To Here people. you can talk about it. But, guess, like, in real life, you're talking about your socks? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, mainly because I'm so surprised that I would find socks so cool mm-hmm. that they would be worthy of talking about in a non-work environment where I have to. So you're telling your friends about the honeycomb arch support? I am, definitely. Uh, I will say that I don't go as far as to, like, take my shoe off and show them or something. (laughs) That seems to be going a little far. The blister tab, that comes up in conversation? Uh, That, uh, I'm not crazy. (laughs) However, I will mention to them, and I will mention now to you, dear listeners, that socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters, and that is why Bombas... Every time they sell a pair of socks, they donate one to someone in need. That is party-worthy conversation. A reason to love the product and the company. So here's what you can do. You can save 20% by visiting bombas.com slash safe. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash safe. And enter the offer code SAFE in the checkout code space. Warning, people may look at you weird because you're talking about socks. So, Liz, this time of year, I I believe our ancestors would have been busily canning and jarring away, you know, just getting their produce Mm -hmm. ready for the wintertime. Luckily, we don't have to do that. Yeah, I don't think I would have survived that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. thank God we have things like salsa basket. Yeah, it's small batch salsas and gourmet jams, which I really love. No artificial ingredients. And they're jarred by hand. It just doesn't have to be your hand, you know? <laughs> That's I, the best I'm fine part. with that. Also, the free shipping, mm-hmm. I think our ancestors would have appreciated since I think that took about 10 days to go a mile. <laughs> uh, visit salsabasket.com and enter the promo code SAFE to get 10% off your first order. That is salsabasket.com and enter the promo code SAFE for 10% off your first order. Okay, dear audience, listen up. We are thinking ahead to some future Safe for Work special episodes, Mm. including a couple of shows where Liz and I will interview two of the most fascinating guests ever, namely each other. Oh, my. That that will be fun. Yes. I actually can't wait to rattle a few of the skeletons in your closet, Rico. That is go right ahead and rattle. I'm an open book, except for the couple of years I spent in the KGB, of course. That info must remain redacted for your own protection. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, anything goes. I appreciate your candor, sir. You're welcome. And if you, listener friends, have any questions you want us to ask each other, please email them to us. doesn't need to be safe. Doesn't need to be about work. Consider this an Ask Us Anything. Our email address is safe at wondery.com. So, for example, if you've been wondering why Rico hates brunch so much. That's right. Or if you're curious about Liz's dog, Hooper, which I am perhaps because I'm a cat guy and dogs are somewhat of a mystery to me. <laughs> right? Whatever the subject, we're happy to answer your questions. Again, please email those to us at safe at wondery.com. 
Okay, we'll play a little Mind the Gap in just a second. But first, Liz, let's take a call from a listener, shall we? We've got Jessica on the line here. Hello, Jessica. Jessica, we understand you have a question about a potential new boss in your life. I do. So for some background, my company is going through some changes right now. And with that, my position is changing. Mm-hmm. And there's a pretty good chance that when my position changes, one of my coworkers will actually become my boss. Okay. And she can be great. She can be super funny and generous, but she can also be really difficult to work with because of certain things that she says. Hmm. She can just be rude and just say things that are almost inappropriate. Um, and so I just think that because of that, emotionally, it's not going to be a good fit for me to work under her. So I'm just wondering if you guys have any advice on what I should do if when I'm presented with my new position, I'm told that she'll be one of my bosses. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into this, I also, in your uh, email to us, you also mentioned that you have gone to your current boss in the past and said yes. that you have conflicts with this person, right? Yes. Yep. So I did tell my boss about it and it's not just me that's kind of had issues it's really I don't want to say everyone that's worked with (laughs) but it's people who have been under her and people that are kind of parallel to her position where she says things that are just like she told somebody that they wouldn't be a good fit for a new position because they're not the right type of person to work with high-end clientele and Mm -hmm. she I actually went to my boss and said to my boss, you know, I'm having issues with her. And I was just told everyone is kind of stressed out at work right now. So just let it slide. But I actually found out that a coworker had given his notice at that same time. And she had told that coworker, I'm going through all the grieving stages with you leaving. Right now I'm at anger and I'm taking out my anger on Jessica. Oh, no. (laughs) On you. She literally admitted she was taking her anger out on you. Great. Okay. All right. So, Jessica, the first part of my answer really has nothing to do with you. I want to speak to all of the supervisors out there. So here's a very difficult person about whom lots of employees complain, who says and does things that are inappropriate. Plus, in your letter, you gave us some other examples that made her sound like really a walking, talking HR violation. So I'm just asking you, supervisory people, why is this person getting promoted? Yeah, let's make her the boss. Yes. What a great idea. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's just one of those things where you'd like to think that one of the grownups in position here could either give her the leadership training that she needs or decide she's not cut out to be a leader because, you know, not mm-hmm. everyone should be a leader of people. And she sounds like maybe someone who shouldn't be. That being the case, let's try to help you manage OK, this. we'll help you now. Yes. Now that I've gotten that off my chest. <laughs> Thank you. Soapbox. Yeah. OK. Retired. Put away. I would just say this, that there's a difference between people you that are hard to get along with and people that are just like not good at their jobs. So mm-hmm. which category would you put her in? I would say she's good at at her job. And the hard part is she can be really great. She can be super funny and she can be very kind and very generous. I think it would be one thing if she was always acting inappropriate or always saying kind of rude comments, but then she can go and be just 
lovely. Mm-hmm. So so maybe this isn't quite as cut as dried as as we were thinking at the beginning when Liz was on her Because I hated her already. <laughs> <laughs> Just on your behalf. But, I, you know, at a certain point, it's about you, Jessica. So, you know, therapists yeah. always say you can't change other people, but you can change how you react to them. Right. Mm-hmm. So she obviously gets under your skin emotionally. You may or may not be able to change what she says, but you have to figure out how to change how you emotionally react to it. So mm-hmm. if you tried to think that way, are there things you could do that would just sort of help you not react in such a negative way to things that are inevitable? It's hard to think of things to not have that get under I, my skin. I know. I'm not saying this is easy. I'm just saying that you no. have you have to change the way you emotionally react to her because she is not going to change. See, you know that much. Yeah. <laughs> so when when she says things that are insulting, I don't know, you just have to be able to put it in a different place in your brain. But I can hear it in your reaction how hard that is for you. Yeah. And if it really is that hard, that's the time when you maybe think about trying to make a shift. I, will... I mean, that's often why people make a change. It's not actually about the work or the job. It's about the some the sort of emotionally fraught people environment. Yeah. Let me ask one more thing. Have you ever talked to her directly about this? Oh, yeah. Have we you ever probably we said brought that this first. probably should have been our first <laughs> suggestion. We are not always very good at this. But like okay, so have you ever sat down with her and said, Hey, I really like working for you or I like working with you, but when you do this kind of thing it really is not fair or it gets under my skin. Have you had a direct conversation with her about that? I haven't. So I definitely, that's definitely a great idea. I don't think she necessarily means to come off the way that she does. Right. So it's a matter of getting the courage to have that honest conversation with her and know that it won't be a fun conversation, but it will probably have good benefits. All right. I think that we've, we've finally come around to like probably what the order should be. Have, have that yeah. conversation. Yeah. And then you can maybe think about yeah. shifting jobs. Yeah. And upending your life. Yeah. And remember when you're talking to her, if I'm channeling Larry Seal now, Coach Larry would say, mm-hmm. you know, you need to talk about the behaviors and how it makes you feel. So you're not accusing her of anything. You're just saying, you know, sometimes you show great leadership, you're strong, mm-hmm. you're smart, all, all of that. But there are other times when you say or do these kinds of things that it undermines me or makes me feel like I'm not valuable to you. And I just want to see if mm-hmm. we can figure that out. And you have a great opportunity to do that because you're about to be put under this person. Yes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, say, hey, you know, I'm going to be your underling now. I'd love to have a conversation. Don't use the word underling. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Good point. I'm going to be in, in your department now. Now that I'm going yeah. to be your pawn to do with as you wish, I think we should have a talk. Yeah. Don't do that. All right, Rika, do you know what time it is? Yes, it is the halfway point of our taping day where you get out your tasty packed lunch and I try to get you to give me some of your sandwich. (laughs) That is not going to work anymore, but no, that's the wrong answer. It is time for Mind the Gap. I like Mind the Gap, but I like the sandwich more. Uh, This is the part of the show where we talk about the weird little problems that pop up at work, and then we discuss the often very different ways we each tackle them. In our last installment, we debated issues of workplace etiquette, then had etiquette experts Lizzie Post and Daniel Post-Senning 
judge which of us was right, mm. which was super fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because guess who won? No, but today that's it's not just... true. That's not true. Okay, well, anyway. It was a draw. Today, it's just you and me, little man. So that's the attitude today, is it, Dolan? Mm -hmm. So first you lie, and then now you're mean. <laughs> Let's do this. What have you got for us? Okay, first up. An employee you don't know very well is leaving the company, and everyone's signing a farewell card for them. What do you write? That is a, that, it's a really good question. I, I, uh, for somebody that I don't know, it's best of luck in all your future endeavors, something mm -hmm. generic like that. If it's some, somebody I really know then I would feel that writing something that generic would actually be the worst thing I could do. And I would put something, you know, very specific about them. It was great, you know, working with you and I'll miss our, you know, sharing sandwiches at <laughs> lunchtime. Stealing sandwiches from you. Sharing a delicious <laughs> sandwich at lunchtime. I realized reading this question aloud that I have not done a good job with this at all. I usually just sign my name. I feel like the card, you know, they come around with the card. It's like everyone has to sign the card. It's 10 seconds before whatever the farewell event is. So I just sign the card. If it's someone I know, I'll obviously talk to them and say farewell, good luck, you know, whatever. And if it's someone I don't know, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yep. That does make sense. It's like the card is not the only time that you're no. going to say goodbye to a, tr a really close coworker. And does anyone read the card, really? I mean, I know it's nice to hand my card. You know, if it was me, I would probably read the card. Because you'd want to know who was nicest to you. Yeah, I would probably apply. Th this is probably why I write, you know, longer things uh -huh. in cards because I'm that kind like of jerk. You feel like you're constantly being judged, don't you? And I judge others, is what <laughs> I'm saying. Okay, so let's go with number two. What's up? Number two is you're waiting at the office microwave and someone else walks in to boil water. What do you chat about? I am that person that would talk about Saturday Night Live, whatever was discussed on Saturday Night Live. That oh, really? Weekend. Yeah. It's like I'm Why? this absolute stereotypical person. Uh -huh. Well, I think because Saturday Night Live is actually kind of a fun digest of everything that's going on in the world. Okay. And that's the quickest way to maybe get at it while also keeping it light. Yeah, maybe that's, that's true. Maybe that's the way. Some social currency there. Yeah. Yeah. But it's very boring of me. What about you? I'm sad to report I probably talk about what I have in the office microwave. I'm like, just making a little lean cuisine here. And then you wonder why. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk to me no, in the why, office kitchen. Why I want some of your food because <laughs> you never stop talking about it and okay. making it smell good. Okay. All right. Number three. It's Thanksgiving and your office hosts its annual potluck. What dish are you bringing? Very simple. I got it from a friend of mine who is Italian while I was visiting him in Italy. Oh. So it is very authentic. Tasty. And it is uh, pepperonata, which is a kind of, I would describe it as kind of a vegetable stew, except you take all the vegetables and you make them as uh, non-nutritious as possible. <laughs> it's like basically you boil them down in a ton of salt and olive oil, mm. and then you add sugar and balsamic vinegar, and then you let it sit overnight and you spoon it over crusty bread, and it's kind of the sweet and sour vegetable-like candy. Wow. And it is delicious. It's easy to make. It's vegetarian, gluten-free, et cetera. I am scheduling a Thanksgiving potluck ASAP. Please do. Here You'll at get Safe that. for Work. I go with my whole approach to Thanksgiving is that everything tastes better with cranberry sauce on it. So I try to make like a tasty cranberry, like a horseradishy cranberry thing. Oh. Because then no matter what else everyone brings to the potluck, you just throw some of that cranberry sauce on it and it enhances all of the flavors. That's very smart. And I, as soon as you said that, I was like, that can't possibly be true. I'm going to think of a food <laughs> that could not be like at least palatable with it on it. And I can't. Okay. I dare you at our Thanksgiving potluck to bring in something that I can't put cranberry sauce I on top of. I think you're right though. Well mm -hmm. done. Brilliant. And finally... 
Okay, the CEO of the company comes over to your desk during work hours and wants to chit-chat, but you're absolutely slammed with work. What do you do, Rico? You chit-chat as long as they want. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Come on. That's why they're the really, CEO. Whatever little thing you're working on right now, I know you may think it's really important. Chances are CEO doesn't think it's important at all. Yes. This see? is, Or here's what I would do. If you really want to be constructive, I always think it's good to be ready if – a CEO or a boss of any kind just happens to say, so what are you working on? To have something interesting to say. Oh, yeah. You know, say, oh, I just solved the whole problem of the Scanus Fran, blah, blah, blah. You know? <laughs> so Is just, that like blockchain? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just explain blockchain to the CEO and you're going to look like a genius. No, that but is... what you don't want to do is tell the CEO about the little petty thing you're actually working on yeah, no. that you feel so slammed by. No, yep. think up something really good, have it ready in your back pocket for any chit-chat. Yep, and, and it, it really helps if it's something like the CEO says, hey, I just, just thought I'd stop by and say hi. And you turn the screen away from him as though to shut it down, but yeah. also so that they can't see what you're actually working on. You're like, oh, actually, yeah, this is a great time. I just finished saving us $10 million, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, that's what you should do. So lie. All right, Liz, you know what's not smart? What today? Uh, <laughs> I would say coming into the office when you have the flu and making everybody else have the flu. Agreed. You know what's smart? What? ZipRecruiter.com. Using ZipRecruiter.com slash safe, perhaps to hire some workers who are wise enough to go home and take care of themselves. <laughs> That's that? true. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Yeah. Its powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S., and this rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews, Rico. And right now, Safe for Work listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash safe. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash S-A-F-E. One more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash safe. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, we'll help a listener in just a second. But first, we have a quick request of all of you, dear listeners. We're planning an extra special holiday episode full of, well, whatever the opposite of good cheer is. That's correct. We're going to wrap up this year by unburdening ourselves of bad work vibes. Mm -hmm. So we're going to feature stories about terrible work experiences. Yes, yes. It's our Safe for Work holiday special, the Not Safe for Work edition. Mm. And to make it truly special, we need your stories, of course. Send them to us. We promise to keep your name anonymous if that's what you want at safeatwondery.com or better yet, leave us a voicemail and you may hear yourself on the show. The number is 424-224-5711. That is 424-224-5711. We're uh, looking for the worst stories that you've got, but uh, ones that are kind of funny as well. We don't want to dwell too much <laughs> in misery. Not too dark, yeah. And don't worry, after we all unburden ourselves, we will start the new year with a series of episodes about starting your new work year off on a more positive note. I like it. Okay, Rico, it's time for a listener call. We have Nate on the line. Hello, Nate. 
Hi, Bo. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, you are welcome. You could be pretty much guaranteed that we were going to take this call because of the way that you started your email to us. Do you happen to have it in front of you so that you could read it verbatim? Uh, this is so transparent, Rico. No, but I remember the text. I said something like, Rico, it's great to have you back in the podcast saddle. And I mm. have to say that I very dearly miss listening to the dinner party download. It was... Uh, it was one of the highlights of my week, I would even say. There. See yeah. Liz? No, I agree with Nate. You know I loved Dinner Party Download. Okay. Well, anyway, it was great to t- talk to you, Nate. <laughs> Bye. See you later. That's all I yeah. wanted. Uh, no, you have... First of all, thank you. That is really kind of you. And uh, But let's actually get to the substance of your letter. Tell us about your issues. Yeah. I've been at my current role for about five or six months, and it's been generally going pretty well. I was brought into it by someone I knew from before I started working for the company who has now subsequently become my supervisor. And the big challenge there is that he runs the whole department and I don't have many steps between me and him. Mm. And because his schedule is so heavy, he has had to cancel a lot of our meetings and push things back. And it's just makes it very difficult to get a better understanding as to how I'm doing and how I fit within the company. So I'm curious to know if I should perhaps go to him and say, I think I need a new supervisor in between the two of us, or if I should simply keep my head down and treat this as a living best practices of how I maybe don't want to do this sort of management if and when I get into a position like that. (laughs) I I like the alternatives. Yeah. I think there's a middle ground there. Yes. Yes, there is. I have to say, I have been in your manager's position here. I totally was doing a show where we hired someone on the show. I had been doing a lot of the work on the show. So I thought bringing in a new person meant I got to give them all the stuff I didn't want to do. And boom, we're done. And it took a little while to realize that I, what I had done was I, now I had a new job, which was to manage this person. And I bet that that's a similar situation to your manager. I'm sure this person is feeling like, you know, I've got, I got this guy a job now. My work here is done Mm -hmm. and you want more feedback from this person. And I think that you can have a conversation with him. And if you go to him with a sense of empathy for that position that he might be in, which is that he already just super busy. Yeah. He's just a super busy person who brought in a friend to work with him. If you go and say, Hey, they're not being a jerk. They're just new to this. I think you can have the conversation where you say, Uh, I could really use feedback and actual managing, and it will come off as cool and necessary rather than an overly critical conversation. Yeah, so that means you think the first step is to directly ask him for the feedback the next time we get together as yeah. opposed to just coming out and saying, hey, I think I need a new boss. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Like, see if you can, uh, this is called managing upwards, by yes, the way. Yes, that's what it's called. And I'm right. sorry you have to do it, but uh-huh. sometimes it's necessary, and I think that is totally something you could do. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think there's a way to have that conversation, but um, part of it is you saying to him, here's what I could really use from you. Maybe it's, maybe you propose a plan. Maybe it's once a week, I send you something or once a month or whatever. But also you need to ask him what he wants from you and how much time does he have for you. So I think you can figure that out. But also as I was reading your letter and then when Rico and I were talking about it, I thought... Maybe this is like a generational thing because I know for my – I'm a baby boomer, and the last thing I wanted was to be managed more. Uh, I just wanted to be left alone. So I, sometimes I feel like the younger someone is, the more 
management they want or expect or just direction or reinforcement or what? And I have no idea how old you are. Are you a, a millennial? Uh, yeah, I'm on the older side of the millennial yeah. generation. Yeah. That's not an accusation. I was just trying to place you uh, on a timeline. We because love millennials. No, because I've read a lot of management articles about younger workers in the workplace today actually expect more management uh, from their boss than other generations did, like my own generation. So it could be as simple as you need to be more explicit with your manager and kind of tackle that. Like, here's what I need and here's, you know, and what do you need? And let's work out a system that works for both of us. You're saying the manager may actually be thinking that he's doing uh, yeah. Nate a favor yeah. by leaving him alone. Sure. I should say also in a large part of my previous career, it's been a lot more of positions where I've been in one to two years and then I've left and I'd really like to find a place within this organization where I can grow farther beyond that. And it's just difficult for me to get visibility as to how to shape that when I can't necessarily get the feedback as to how that direction is going. Got it. Here's another suggestion I would make then. You're at a Fortune 50 company. Yes. That means there are tens of thousands of other people there, right? So I don't know how you work or what kinds of projects you're on, but if you can work laterally across the company, you know, get on projects where your boss isn't your only bridge to the rest of what the company is doing, but you're working with other departments or other people, I think that's a really good way to grow and learn. But it's also a great way to make sure that your entire future in the company isn't dependent on this one person who is your boss. Okay, so maybe I need to network a little bit more internally. Yes, yes. If you could really kind of do a search for what are the kinds of ways you can contribute so that you you make friends, you get direction, you're networking up and down the chain and not just waiting for your boss to tell you everything you need to know. Because, you know, uh, life is complicated in these big Fortune 50 companies. And I mean, your boss could be gone in two weeks. So the more of a network you have within the company, the more of an ability you have to make the most of everything that a big company company can really offer. Well, this has been great, and I will definitely give these a try, and um, hopefully things will gradually turn around a bit. Okay, good luck. Good luck, Nate, and thanks for Thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye-bye. In case you missed anything from this episode, just tap the cover art to check out the notes for today's show. You will also find our email address, safe at wondery.com, and some great offers from our sponsors. Another way you can support the show is by filling out a small survey at wondery.com slash survey. It'll help us wow. make the show better for listeners like you. And who doesn't want that, really? No, nobody. This episode was hosted by me, Rico Galliano, host, journalist, and anti-brunch author, and Liz Dolan, boss emeritus and satellite sister. Our original theme song is composed by Martin Blanco, audio engineering by Misha Stanton, produced by Cameron Kell, executive produced by Allison O'Neill and Marshall Louie, created and executive produced by Hernan Lopez for Wondery. Remember, workplaces can feel crazy. But you don't have to. Most days, you've got a lot of places to go and a lot to get done before you can even think about falling into bed at night. Wouldn't it be nice if you could stay connected to the world while you were out there getting it all done? What if the experience of driving a luxury vehicle wasn't limited to just inside your car, but extended out into the world around you? Introducing the well-connected 2019 Lincoln MKC. 
with a suite of social tech, including Waze integration so seamless the map appears right on the screen. Amazon Alexa, with access to all the skills and services you get on your Echo, and a 4G LTE Wi-Fi hotspot that allows up to 10 devices to connect at once with Lincoln Connect. With your 2019 Lincoln MKC, you're transforming traffic jam streets into clear roads. Empowering your voice to instantly change your environment. Set temperature to 72 degrees. All to make life a little easier. And when you're finally done, Waze, take me home. Let's get started. You're getting a seamless experience right to the very end. Alexa, open my garage door. Available via iPhone with Sync 3 with software version 3.0. Commands may vary by phone and AppLink software. Don't drive while distracted. Use voice-operated systems when possible. Don't use handheld devices while driving. iPhone is a trademark of Apple Inc. registered in the U.S. and other countries. The 2019 Lincoln MKC. Learn more at lincoln.com Wondery. That's lincoln.com slash W-O-N-D-E-R-Y.